Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of the Well Then podcast where we talk about all things mental, emotional, physical, and relational wellness so that you can live your most vibrant and love-filled life. I am very excited to introduce today's guest and episode to you. It's a really special one, especially for those of you who are interested in both psychology and astrology. So if you like to combine like the spiritual and the witchy and the woo-woo with the science and the understanding of the way your mind works, you are going to love today's guest and today's topic. Today I have Lisa Tahir, who is an amazing therapist. She's the host of the weekly podcast, All Things Therapy, which she began in 2016, dedicated to changing consciousness one conversation at a time. Lisa's show promotes personal growth and transformation, advancing the conversation on emotional, psychological, physical, financial, and spiritual development. She's had some epic guests in her over 335 episodes. We just recorded an episode together as well on her show, so you'll have to go check that out. And Lisa is also the author of an incredible book called The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. So for those of you who are maybe completely unfamiliar with astrology, know that this episode is still for you. We're going to give you sort of a baseline level understanding of what you need to know about astrology and Chiron and how it can have an impact on some of the, the wounds that you might have experienced, some of the themes and patterns that you might experience in this lifetime and can really give a lot of insight into what there is for you to do to heal and move forward, to have more of that empathy, self-forgiveness, and self-love. And I have to say, I have an interest in astrology. I'm not an expert by any means, but it's something that I find to be really fascinating and curious, and I've definitely found that elements of it resonate with me in the past. And I think it's one of those things that you should take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And when I found Lisa's book, or when it found me rather, I was going through, working through a period of my own internal healing where there was some common themes and patterns that were coming up over and over again around this very particular core wound from my childhood. And when I read her book and started kind of mapping out what my own, where Chiron is in my own birth chart and, and what that corresponds to or correlates to in what could potentially be the, the core wound that I experience in this life, it was spot on. Like jaw-dropping, shocked, but also not shocked because life is beautiful and synchronistic in that way. How I was like, wow, this is exactly it. This is the thing that I have struggled with again and again and again. And it also makes so much sense because when I started to heal that wound is when I started to see some really big things shift in my life. And reading this book was such an affirmation or validation of that fact. So my invitation, if you are new, brand new to astrology, is just to stay open-minded and curious because there's a lot for you to learn in this episode. Lisa is an incredibly sweet and lovely soul, and I'm excited for you to get to learn from her as well. Make sure you listen all the way through because there's so many little golden nuggets and, and beautiful moments of wisdom that she shares in this episode. And you can read the show notes below if you are curious to learn where you can stay in touch with her, where you can learn more about her work, get a copy of her book, where you can learn more about me and working with me if you're not following me yet. Um, my social handles are linked below as well. So without further ado, let's get into this beautiful conversation about astrology and psychology and healing with Lisa. 
All right. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the Well Then podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. You're welcome, Megan. I'm so excited to be here. I actually have your show pulled up and I love the topics that you cover and just the intentionality and focus upon our own well-being and just how significant it is. Our whole life flows from that place, I believe. It absolutely does. Yeah. And I am definitely passionate about a holistic approach to wellness, right? And looking at mind, body, emotional body, spirit, all the components, which is another reason I'm I'm so excited to talk to you today because you have this really unique background of, of blending the sort of energetic and astrological side of things with the you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say practical because I think it's all practical, but maybe the more like <laughs> science and research-based psychology yeah. and, and seeing how those come together, I think is so fascinating. And, um, I read your book, the Chiron effect before this, and, and I'm just so excited for you to be able to share more about the work that you've been doing. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you for, for being here. And, um, I would love to have you start by just sharing a little bit about your background and what got you into this space where you started blending psychology and astrology together and seeing the, the overlap there. Well, Megan, I feel like life has led me here and, and all of my experiences starting, I just have such a clear recollection when I was 21 and starting therapy as a client for the first time, I knew like this is what I want to do with my life because mm -hmm. it was such an aha experience of having, I worked with a, a licensed clinical social worker, which is what I am now. And she just really helped me to make sense of my emotions and the context of the family I grew up in and things that didn't make sense, helping me understand that sometimes things that happen that don't make sense and we feel like it's us, like we're not making sense or something's wrong with us, that's actually not the case, that you're having normal and healthy reactions to abnormal experiences. And that was just such an aha moment for me. And I think we're often trained away from our intuition and our inner knowing to fit in, to be polite and I think there's a way we can absolutely be authentic and polite, yet really honor our intuition and inner knowing, which is constantly communicating with us. And that's been my more recent years kind of awareness is that we have this guidance system within us and it's about trusting ourselves and trusting that voice, which is often kind of like a whisper it's said often or a feeling or something that might not make some concrete sense, but it's absolutely directing you where to go and where not to go. And I wonder how you believe about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that you shared both of those perspectives perspectives, and I, I definitely can relate to your journey. I started therapy, I think probably around the same age, around age 20 or 21. And yeah. it was so valuable to see like, okay, all these areas where I've felt frustration or feel like I've been getting stuck or had these big emotions that I didn't really know how to process or what to do with because, you know, I, I wasn't taught how it was so mm -hmm. helpful to, to make sense of those pieces and start to see some of the puzzle pieces fit together. And there were still certain questions that felt like they were left unanswered. And, you know, a few years down the road when I had a little bit more um, experience 
exploring the spiritual side of, of my Mm -hmm. own growth, that's when I started to see, okay, there is this, there's something else, right? Like there's something else both out there and, and within me that has that, like you said, that source of, of answers and source of knowing Mm -hmm. and to be able to build more of a relationship with whatever that was for me was hugely healing, profoundly healing. And, um, yeah, seeing how it all intertwines and having that sense of like, oh, there is something bigger here, right? Like I'm not alone in in this world, You're but not, I'm certainly absolutely. not alone in how I'm feeling. Yes, 100%. Even I just did a podcast episode today that I'm going to release later on this evening about finding our inner confidence and how it's it's through listening to our intuition and doing things new and different that we have both curiosity and maybe some fear. What feels like fear or anxiety is the other side of the coin of excitement that Mm. some of the things that actually we most deeply desire and want can cause you to feel that like kind of feeling. And we think it's anxiety and bad, but if you pause and kind of look at it more closely, it's probably leading you to more of your happiness than steering you away from it. And I didn't say that in the episode. That's just what's coming out of my mouth right now. I wish I would have said that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I feel like somebody needs to know that and hear that listening to our show today. And even that is such a perfect example of of following that intuitive hit of feeling into like, okay, what's in this space? What wants to be shared? And and when you're able to be present like that in the moment, I feel like that's when you really are able to connect to those answers and the guidance in, in such a deeper way. I do too. So there's so much that I'm I'm curious yeah. to unpack and explore with you. So when did you in your professional work start to really come into um, understanding more about like our core wounds and then how that relates astrologically? That all is a recent experience for me in the last, I would say, eight years when this whole thing started for me, Megan, with writing my book and and such when I was asking the universe kind of like in frustration, like, oh my God, what, like, what is going on that I have some clients that are super high performers, really insightful, really just exceptional. Why are they still feeling like they're not good enough and, and even experiencing anxiety and depression and for myself as well. Like, why am I still feeling some of this stuff? Like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I felt some frustration with, with even my question. And in meditation, I started meditating about 10 years ago and I kind of heard Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. And I was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Chiron. And my only reference was when I was in graduate school at Tulane in like 1996, 97, 98, Chiron, I remembered Carl Jung wrote about the archetypes and the wounded healer archetype Chiron from Greek mythology. And it wasn't that exciting, Megan. I was like, is that all you got universe? And I totally dismissed it. And yet I had that question, like, what is going on? Like, what is being missed in the therapy world or in the healing world? around people that do really well still sometime might feel this wounding, like something like they're just not good enough or doing it right. And, and that can be so debilitating as you know, when, when maybe you felt that it can really throw you off your course. And just, I kept hearing this Chiron thing and I was like, okay, I'm just going to 
fucking Google it, you know, literally. So I Googled Chiron and was reminded about the wounded healer archetype, as well as the cool Greek mythology story centered around Chiron as the founding father of the healing arts. And he was a centaur, half man, half horse, yet he represented this higher consciousness merged with our animal instincts, like the lower chakras about animal instincts, sex, sex and aggression, pretty much and the higher instincts of thinking of others and connection to meaning and purpose and the heart really being that mediator between our upper and lower instincts. And Chiron was the tutor of Asclepius and, and he really was put in touch with our human frailty and pain when an arrow he was shot by an arrow mistakenly and he begged Zeus like to take his life um, and trade places with another Greek god and I just okay well that's really interesting and then I noticed Chiron in astrology and Chiron in astronomy is designated both as a minor planet and a comet and it mm. orbits a strange elliptical orbit between the platter the planets of Saturn and Uranus in our solar system. And it was discovered in 1977, named Chiron after that Greek centaur. And I, I started to feel a little drawn in, like, okay, this is all really interesting. This is kind of fun. And in astrology, this placement of Chiron is in your birth chart, just like your sun sign. Like, what's your sun sign, Megan? I I'm a Libra. And thank you for yeah going into that, because I think most people are familiar with maybe their sun sign. And yeah. Then maybe like their moon and rising, but most people, I think it's just sun. So, so yeah, I'm, you're I'm a Libra. Libra. Yeah. Yes. And I've, I've rarely met anyone that it's like, oh, and my Chiron is in blah, blah, blah. I had never heard of this. And I just kind of got sucked in this rabbit hole of starting to learn that this astrological placement in Chiron centers around our patterns, like that orbit, like that elliptical orbit that the heavenly body in our solar system makes between Saturn and Uranus, the planets of of restriction and also expansion in astrology and how Chiron kind of like mediates to both of these things like in life that we're dealing with, how do we expand and yet how do we boundary that, so to speak, in lots of different ways. And so I started to see these metaphors and just again, digging deeper. And that turned into three and a half years of research and writing, combining astrology, philosophy, psychology, and most importantly, us taking personal responsibility for our healing and happiness, that even though the things that you might have experienced that have caused you pain aren't your fault, it can be empowering to know we can heal these and really make that our business, make that our responsibility and not a burdensome way, but in like, okay, how can I actually heal? Because you can, instead of be limited by this pattern, we can only go as far as our largest limiting belief that's kind of the glass ceiling mm -hmm. and how to really expand beyond that and not be so afraid of the things and and parts of ourselves that we might hide or edit and that's what chiron the placement in your chart in one of the signs like libra or pisces or aries speaks to an area of vulnerability for some of you and on a spectrum core wounding where, where there's been sexual abuse and violence that's a deeper wounding within you feeling good enough, feeling a right to be here, for example, versus for others, it might be an area of vulnerability that sometime you might, you know, have a little bit of an issue, but it's not as deep. And so we fall along that spectrum 
in this placement of Chiron. And I'll just pause there. Does that, is that making sense? Yeah, for sure. And so for people who are maybe like brand new to astrology, when we're talking about placements, it's essentially just like where that planet is at the time, the moment you're born, right? Yes. Yeah, that blueprint in the stars of when we were born, the the planets and such were in a position in the sky. And that's a snapshot called your birth chart. And I was I was always taught, Megan, that this you know, what this birth chart is telling me who I am and what I can do. No, absolutely not. We wrote our birth charts. Mm -hmm. I believe that we wrote this life that we are living and we are the author. We are the editor. We can change, switch things out. So this blueprint in the sky of when you were born is actually what you wrote that you thought you wanted to live coming into this physical life on earth. And you can absolutely change and modify your experience in any and all ways so that you can be happier. And that to me was really exciting and different. I had never really heard anyone say that. And that gave me a lot of hope. And I write about hope in my book as being such a, a large precursor for change that we need to feel hopefulness to do some of the some of the work emotionally that is scary and painful. And we might not want to go back to some of those memories of when we when we were unloved or abandoned or neglected, like some of these placements of Chiron speak to, but that when you do that with empathy and self-forgiveness, it can really smooth out those rough edges within you and the way that those rough edges might be interacting with life and causing conflict for you, that you can just smooth them with this really deep understanding and empathy for yourself. And that's what my book walks you through. Yeah, I love that perspective so much because I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who, um, you know, learn about astrology and it feels like this thing that just tells you who you are. But this perspective that you're sharing is more like, no, this shows you sort of this map of the the lessons that you might have chosen to come here to learn or the wounds that you elected to to experience and work through. And like, here's the map to actually work through them so that you're not just yeah. stuck in that story. And, and I think- a Go on, you first, Megan. Oh, then I'll I was say. just going to say, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I was going to ask this question a, a little bit later. And, and um, you know, for some people, this might be a little bit out there, but that sense that we do, if you believe in whatever your spiritual beliefs are, if you believe in past lives or reincarnation or kind of where our souls are, but between lives before and after this life, that we do yeah. have this ability to choose, like, here's what I want to come here and learn this time around. Here, here's what I want to work through and, and how I want to grow as a soul spiritually. And so that was going to be my question is, is do you think that like we choose, okay, this is sort of the, the, the wound I want to come in to, to heal and work through, or how does that work? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was thinking to share a little more of. I think when we when we were non-physical, you know, and, and it's, I think we've forgotten, like, I certainly don't remember when I was purely non-physical consciousness thinking, okay, I'm going to come be born in New Orleans to these parents and move to LA. Like, I don't have any remembrance of, of that narrative or thought in my mind, but I think being here as humans so much is kind of remembering the deeper truths about who we are and that our life experiences can reveal that. And often in therapy, we're told that self-discovery is like peeling the layers of an onion. And that's exactly the case that we know what we know right now about ourselves and that's good enough. But as things happen in our lives, we're reminded of other 
places and experiences, kind of those deeper truths wanting to emerge from us. And for me, everything that's ever been painful in my life has become the greatest gift with some, and I talk in my book, it's not just time alone that heals. It's really what you do with that time, which heals you. And when you really desire to make meaning, to feel better, to use this, to help somebody one day, because everything you've been through can absolutely add value to others in your life that you might not know today, but you'll meet them down the road, or you might start a podcast or write your own book or be of service in some way that everything as painful as it was, it can really, you know, teach you a lot. And then I made a choice as well. Like I like to start learning from joy and from love instead of the painful experiences of learning. And I learned that it can be easier when we do honor our intuition, when we do listen to ourselves about certain people, places, and things that might be steering us away or in a new direction from where we think we should be. And no, maybe that's not for us. And when we ignore our intuition, we can incur some problems versus when we listen to it, even if it doesn't make rational sense, just trust, try it even for a week or two, little hunches you get to to try them out and see what emerges when you're really listening to yourself. Because it's like life really wanting us to have an easier road, I, I believe, in navigating our everyday relationships and experiences. Yeah. I love what you shared too about like, it's, it's not just about spending time on your own. It's really what you do with that time. It's Mm -hmm. so aligned with the work that I do is primarily in the realm of, of relationships and healing patterns around relationships. And I'm such an advocate, especially for young women to, to take periods of time being intentionally single to not just prioritize, like I need to find the one right away, but to say like, what if I were to just spend time with me and intentionally Mm -hmm. figure out who I am and look at some of these wounds and patterns from my past. And you're so spot on because I think a lot of people are, are going through life, like just waiting for the next thing, waiting to not be alone, but there's so much value in those moments on our own that we can learn from and grow from so that, like you said, then life gets to be easier. Like we're not here to just struggle, right? We're not. Yes. And I love what you're saying about patterns in, in relationships and within ourselves, because the patterns that based on where Chiron is in your birth chart, like Chiron and Aries in the sign of Aries can speak to this people pleasing pattern where you really genuinely love to do things for others and you'll easily commit, but then also very easily overcommit and do things because you gave your word, but you feel really depleted and you're not feeling good within yourself, but you hide that from others typically. So no one knows that you're, you could be even suffering with some anxiety with being exhausted, but like, it's hard for you to say no and set boundaries. And one of the tips and takeaways, cause I give about four tips and takeaways for every placement of Chiron is to simply learn to say, Hey, let me get back to you. Like that sounds good, but let me check my schedule. And that was really helpful for me to not just say yes to everything to say, maybe, and then take some time to really look at my week, at my month, am I overcommitting or not? And knowing that it's okay to change your mind as well, that when you do commit to something that doesn't work out, it's okay to say, you know, I really intended to do this. I'm I'm so sorry that I can't. And to learn that it's okay, the sky's not going to fall if you're letting some others down to take care of yourself, that 
it's really important to do that and to really mind your own energy mm. and to really make sure you're replenishing yourself. So all the placements of Chiron are in that service, like to heal the ways that you're not truly loving yourself, caring for yourself, because I believe we really give at our best and maximum when we're like lit up and cared for and we have what we need, that that's when we can really give the best to others. And I think it's important to model and teach people that instead of giving from depletion. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes so much sense too. And now as you're talking, I'm so curious to like map all of my clients, <laughs> Chiron yeah. placements and understand where they were because mine was, was spot on. Mine is in cancer. Where's your Okay. Core wounding by abandonment. Yeah. That's been like the, that was the story of of my whole life and relationship patterns in my twenties was abandonment. It was feeling abandoned by other people, but it was also self-abandonment like Mm -hmm. so, so much. And I would be curious to see if I could see some of those correlations in in women I've worked with as well. Absolutely. I think, I think there would be, and it helps to know because for me, knowing that my Chiron is in the sign of Aries, this vulnerability and wounding and valuing oneself. And when I look back, that's always been the biggest thing is, is like me valuing me and me knowing I'm good enough and really enjoying the things that I do and have accomplished like truly and knowing it's enough that, Mm. and to choose to do things, not to achieve just for achievement's sake, but for like happiness, is this going to make me happy? Am I going to be feel fulfilled? Is it authentic? And do it more because I'm like lit up and really excited about it versus just because I can, mm. because I know how to organize well and such. But and like really finding out those details of and and ending the people pleasing, like learning how to please myself more and helping others do that as well. And people respect that. You know, there's not going to be at first you there could be some pushback, but with some time people are going to really respect the way you care for yourself and set a standard and they will organize around you. Mm-hmm. So remember that even if there's fear, if I start putting myself more in the front, are people going to be mad and angry and that's going to shift and people are actually going to admire that you're able to do that and want to know how to do it more for themselves. Yeah. It gives permission to them as well. And it does. I know that I have so many women in this community, people listening to this who have fallen into that people pleaser pattern. Um, So I'm sure they can relate to that wherever their Chiron is. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm curious to have you speak more about as well is sort of the overlap or interplay between the, the, um, planetary placement, like where your Chiron is and then the house that it's in oh, yeah. as well. Sure. Because I think that yes. might, we might lose some people there. <laughs> How do those two play? Okay. No, so, okay. So in, in astrology, like you are a Libra mm-hmm. and that's like your sun sign is your first house. There's 12 houses of the Zodiac. So the first house is where your sun is, and that's your personal identity. The sun represents your personality, your physicality, kind of like the sun, like radiate, like how you radiate like a Libra in your in your first house. So Chiron, the planet, that minor planet, Comet Chiron, is also in a house placement if you know your time of birth. Not mm. everyone does, so that's okay if you don't. The house placement identifies where this Chiron vulnerability manifests in your life 
And as an example for me, Chiron in my first house of personal identity, that this is something just in my own head. Like mm -hmm. it's not in my, say, relationship. It can play out in my relationships because of how I believe about myself kind of dictating everything. But like uh, the second house is personal finances, for example. Do you remember what house your Chiron was in? Yeah. So mine was in the sixth house. Okay. The sixth house. Let me check my book. Because again, I come to this work as a psychotherapist, like the astrology. Uh, you have a resource section, a reference section in the back for astrologers. If you want a deeper draw dive about astrology, because this mm -hmm. book, my book is more psychology heavy yeah. and like taking personal responsibility. And Which that's been in some of Thank you. In the reviews, that's what some people have loved and others haven't. Like people that want more astrology, there are books mm -hmm. on that. The Astrology yeah. of Chiron. I call this the Psycho Astrology of Chiron because it's really about, about your personal experience of this placement and how it affects your own personal psychology in the way that you engage in your world. So the sixth house yeah. has to do with your professional work, your daily routines, service work and physical health. So for you, was it ever an issue to maybe abandon or neglect your physical health and and things pertaining to that? So that's what was interesting as I was reading through it. I was trying to make sense of that that um interplay there. Because for me, health has always been something that I've like massively prioritized, even from a really okay. young age, but it did get a little bit out of balance at times. Like as a teenager, I struggled with an eating disorder, um, okay. which I've talked yeah. a lot about on here. And that I know that like lack of nurturing there definitely plays a yeah. role. But despite having prioritize my health so much. I've gone through a lot of challenges with chronic illness and having health issues, okay. even though I've taken care of my health. So that I think I'm sure is like correlated, correlates or relates to all of that in some way. So I think by you, even that you said you started therapy around the age of 20, 21, that you're on your path, Megan, to heal and to be a healer and your body's healing too. And are you in a better place physically than you have been in the past? In fact, through what you do with your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. My, my health that. Is, is, is really stable now. And I it's interesting that came after a period of doing a lot of deeper healing work, especially around yeah. that like mother wound and some right. of the deeper like familial kind of lineage stuff is, is really when my health started to get a lot better when I worked through that. I believe that because it's like, yeah, you, you change the cellular structure of your body by healing the correlating emotional wounds. Wow. And we are that inter we are that intricately put together our emotions and our cells. Like I've been doing meditations lately to really activate healing in every cell of my body and little mm -hmm. videos on Instagram meditate and activate healing in people's bodies who are listening like the cellular level. Like I send love, I send forgiveness. I really set my body free to to work as it's designed to perfectly, harmoniously. Let me know what I need to do to help that along in my habits, because mm. it's our habits that that is well co correlate to how much health or unhealth that we have. So, wanting to be mindful there, and mm. that you can do this together, you with your body, to heal. I love that. That's 
It gives such beautiful permission, especially because I feel like we live in this society where we're often taught to outsource our 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 power mm. and our body's ability yeah. to heal to like the person, the doctor, the medicine, the guru, whatever right. outside of us. But you know, we do have that innate ability to just connect with our bodies and and tap into that healing power. And I love that you do you've made that a daily practice of like let me actually send these messages intentionally to the cells in my body. Yes. Thank you. And I love reading stories like the late author, Louise Hay, Mm -hmm. who healed herself of cancer and so many people that have healed their bodies through like the energetics of really allowing that force like bigger than us, whatever you call it, to really come in to every cell, to every particle, to every part and really seeing it in colors and sensations to really take some time each day or each week to really tap in to that. And it makes a difference in truly your physical health, your emotional health in every way. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you weave these kinds of teachings and practices into your therapy um, practice? I do for people, yes, that are open. Like I always start with the client, Megan, like what's most important for you? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me what got you to schedule this time because I want to address that first and foremost. And then I get a map. And when I feel led to like offering, hey, like, let, let me look at your Chiron and weave that in to whatever you might be presenting. Mm-hmm. And and everyone's found that to be immensely helpful, like because I really want to empower you to do things for yourself, to heal and have tools and methods to be able to self-soothe, which I think is a first step in healing, being able to de-escalate mm-hmm. our central nervous system from hypervigilance and hyper alertness so that we can actually start to solve the problems that we are defining for ourselves so that our brains more calm so we can actually access problem solving abilities. Yeah. And something I'm curious as we're speaking to hear your perspective on is like how how this astrological understanding can really support the psychological side of things. Because let's say somebody comes into your office and they know they've got an abandonment wound because they had a parent who left them or who maybe struggled with addiction or just wasn't present. So like they know that abandonment is an issue, but then they find out that their Chiron is in cancer and they've got like that core abandonment wound. How does that, I guess, like deepen the the healing ability or healing process? I think it does because it's kind of like this, aha, you really understand that this is the area of your life to focus your affirmations, to focus, like when you think and reflect about yourself and set intentions, make goals, however you like to call that, that it centers around this one area of your life, the Chiron and Cantor, for example, how to show up for yourself, how I attract people who want to be with me would mm-hmm. be a beautiful affirmation for that. And to feel that, like I'm attracting people that want to be with me and I want to be with myself and, and developing habits and practices that you enjoy doing with yourself as well as being with others and not neglecting, not abandoning you know, yourself or taking that dive into depression, feeling alone, like how to support yourself some more. And I think it gives you the one place that you can always focus on with loving kindness and attention. And Mm -hmm. it just helps you cultivate almost like this is like a little garden within you that you just need to be mindful of pulling out those weeds and, you know, putting good soil and loving messages to really help that part of you grow because it just needs a little more 
tender love and care to grow. Definitely like a garden like that. How sometimes with the garden, it can be so tedious because you need to really mind it. And this is the area of your life to really mind and not neglect ever again. Mm. I love that so much because, yeah, it does focus your direction so that, you know, like if something feels off, maybe that's the first place you look. And right. I love that affirmation that you gave as well. Like I attract people who want to be with me. And, and yes, who, like that's it's such a beautiful sentiment, but also way to shift the perspective of, you know, somebody who struggles with the abandonment wound might feel like nobody wants to be with me or everybody leaves me or whatever the story is. Right, And you start changing how you show up when you start to really feel into, okay, what, since I want to attract people who want to be with me, what does that look like? Like, how do I then start to discern, you know, you'll, when, when you meet somebody, when you know somebody, you kind of have like an inner sense about them. And I know I've spent too much time around people I had no business spending time with and because they left me feeling badly, you know, and they might not be like none of these were awful people at all, mm. all good people, but just not good for me because somehow they would stimulate these negative feelings about myself. And, you know, like I learned I don't have I don't have to be there anymore and it doesn't have to be a fight or an argument, you know, to just kind of move in different directions or at times when there was when I did try to talk hey like this doesn't feel good to me you know when you say x y and z can we talk about this like is this something that can change you know and and for some people it was a no and it's like okay well I love you but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going and I've certainly cried my tears of grief and it doesn't mean you're not gonna do that but you're gonna feel so much better knowing that you get to choose that and you do know who loves you and who shows up and you can create more of that in your life than less when, when maybe you start showing up differently based on this theme. Like I want to, I want to have people in my life that, that want to be with me. And that's going to inform a lot of your decision-making. I love but that, that is your intention. Yeah. One of the things I, I often say is like, we're not meant for everyone and everyone's not meant for us and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I love the way you frame that because it's the more you give yourself permission to be more yourself and let go of the people who can't really meet you there or, or aren't right. interested in meeting you there, then you get to meet the people who are for you and, and that yes. you're meant for. Absolutely. Yes. And allowing yourself any and all feelings you have about that process because it can be mm -hmm. emotional. I know I'm a super loyal person and I love having the same people in my life lifelong forever. And when that's changed, I've had a hard time with that and just trying to soothe myself. Like, it's okay, Lisa. Like, okay, they're not for right now. And that's helped me. Like, they're not for right now, rather than thinking forever, because mm -hmm. that felt kind of too big. That felt like- Like a final goodbye. Yeah. 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 Just okay for right now. Like, you're not resonating and that's okay. Like, let them go. I feel like life has some stuff for both of us to learn to just kind of learn on a separate path, but it's just, yeah. just not for now. And that helped kind of soothe me feeling so hurt about it. Like it's just for now. Yeah. Oh, I love that advice so much. Cause I, I do often get questions from my community about friendship breakups, right? And, and yeah. we focus so much on losing romantic partners, but losing friends or other people that are close to you for whatever reason, because you, you've both changed or, you know, one person is is not aligned for that friendship anymore it's still hard right. there's grief there it is yeah and a mantra I have that I've used for that I have it on my fridge in LA is out of the situation only good will come it's a Louise Hay affirmation mm -hmm. I have to credit her and I invoke that 
you know, in times like this with friendships shifting or things like out of this situation, only good will come. And if the good mm. hasn't come yet, it's not done yet. So it's just for yes. now. And that really helps soothe me, Meg. Like it really helps me soothe. Okay, it's just not for right now, but good is coming. So yeah. just be on your path, be in your life, feeling happy and ready. And, you know, you'll see it when it's in that right timing yeah. to be experienced. Oh, that and like sending love so to that person, love to that situation, love to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to just, and like direct yourself back to like, okay, what's here for me now in my okay. life? Who's here for me now? Who's, you know, reaching out to me? Who's interested in spending time with me? And maybe, maybe that's someone you can give a little more time to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's like, where can you invest and, and yeah. water what's watering you? Exactly. Yeah. And being well. open to some of those new connections or old connections that are coming back in your life. Just kind of notice that. Mm-hmm. I love how, how beautifully you, you blend principles of spirituality and astrology with psychology, because I think it really does help us make sense of like being a human being with this brain and this body, but also being a spiritual mm-hmm. being at the same time. Yeah. Like we need both teachings. We need to have an awareness of both. Thank you. We do. And I think, Megan, a lot about how science is showing we we use the tiniest portion of our brain, which to me is just unbelievable. Like, how is that? So I'm like, universe, I want to use all my brain. I want to use more. So why isn't it? Why didn't we write our astrology chart? Like, of course we did. And why can't I have everything that I want? Of course I can't. You know, just to really like go big, like to use more of your mind, even think some thoughts you don't have to share it with anyone else unless it's somebody that really, you know, supports you and loves you, is not going to shoot down your dreams, like to really just think well and big for yourself and others because mm. it feels good. And when you're generating these good feelings, it's like causing ripples, like things to happen that we can't see yet that we're going to experience. Yeah. And it and helps I- others be well too. Yeah. That ripple effect for sure. Yeah. I love that perspective too, even as we're talking about like healing deep core wounds, because, you know, you might, most people might approach that work as just this like heavy thing, like, oh, this is this wound that I've got in this lifetime. But when you approach it from this perspective that you've shared of, of love and joy, and how can I use this understanding of myself to actually just like expand into more of the good feelings that I want to feel. It's so liberating. I love that. Thank you. I, I want healing to feel more accessible and approachable and more like I can do this. Like mm-hmm. I can do this. I want to do this. This is actually going to bring me happiness, not pain. You know, that even though there might be some some painful and sad things to work through and talk about, it's going to, on the other side, you're going to feel relieved, not carrying that in your body anymore, yeah. in your mind, like to not feel shame to like, feel like you can say that and you're okay Mm. and you're respected for it. It can be so freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Shame is so heavy to carry. Yeah. So in addition to, to reading your book, of course, where should somebody start in, in doing this work and building this understanding of, of moving through their core wound? You know, and I think I'm saying something that's been out here forever. I just say it in this way that was revealed to me. And so like you said earlier, Megan, that some people are for 
for us, some people are not like whatever healer, whatever person resonates with you, because healing your emotional wounds can be through the way that I articulate in the Chiron effect, or it can be in lots of other people and places to just work with somebody that you trust. I definitely think journaling mm-hmm. is a beautiful practice to have, like to really just document some of your feelings. And I also have a manifestation journal where I write like things that I intend to live and experience when I feel it like it, and it doesn't happen every day, but definitely like new year's, my birthday, Mm -hmm. Christmas, I'll sit down and just write like from the place of, Oh my gosh, like I'm so happy and grateful that I am blah, 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 blah. And I tend to do that every month at the new moon. I'll write an intention and then I'll set the date for the next new moon and, Mm -hmm. and open it and see what's manifested and actually things have manifested that I've written about just a way to keep yourself like being accountable to your, to your dreams and really like working, you know, yourself in conjunction with the universe and what you want to see in your life. I feel like the work is more internal, Megan, and Mm -hmm. it is kind of outwardly. It's like really shaping our thoughts to serve us and to, be in the in the vein and direction of what we want and really cleaning up how we're thinking about ourselves to make it more loving and kind and not self-deprecating even to be humorous like mm-hmm. to find other ways to be funny so you're not like saying negative things to and about yourself to make people laugh you know yeah. to to really upgrade that and notice what happens in your life yeah, that's such a big one. I always, I used to like pride myself on being sarcastic when I was younger. I thought it was like the, yeah. the the funniest, best sense of humor to have, but it really was just kind of masking that self-deprecation and making that shift was really hard for me when I, when I really got committed to like, I do need to clean up the way I'm talking to myself and I can't, I can't even like joke about this anymore because I'm like your brain and body still hears what you're saying right. and takes it seriously. Right. Yeah, and you can even make it kind of a goal. Like, how do I do this differently? Yeah. From not like, I can't do that because that doesn't feel so good. But how might I do this differently? How can mm-hmm. I still be humorous and funny? But maybe, you know, what is that joke really revealing that I feel about myself at a deeper level? And yeah. and just how might I express it differently? Yeah, absolutely. It's such so great I'm advice. Speaking, thank you. So I'm speaking for what I want and not against what I want. And if I can't speak about it, just keep it quiet. Like yeah. there's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, if I don't have this figured out yet, how to say it, I'm just not going to say it. Yeah. Because our and words okay. have such creative power, right? Yes. Like we get yes. to, we get to be more in charge of them. And like you said, like, how can we clean up those patterns? Yes, absolutely. Megan. Yeah. That's great advice. So I'll, I'll make sure to link um, your book, the Chiron effect in the show notes. So for everybody listening, they can go check it out, but where else can people find you and follow your work and what you're up to? Sure. Thank you so much for that. I've been doing on my Instagram. It was every day, five days a week, and that got a lot. So now it's once or twice a week, meditate and activate. Mm -hmm. And I just get up. I have my first cup of coffee, like no makeup, hair kind of crazy. And I just do a meditate and activate for a minute to activate things like prosperity, peace, health, joy, And it's just kind of how I talk to the universe every morning. Like, thank you for a new day. I align myself with the energy of of abundance or health and just to kind of help you start your mind in that direction. And then 
just for you to have a practice. I really believe it's important. So my Instagram is NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A Therapy. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy. That's also my website, nolatherapy.com and my YouTube channel. And then I have a podcast, All Things Therapy. And I'd love to have you on, Megan, to talk about what you I do. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Awesome. I we feel like there's it. so much more that I want to chat yeah, with you about. Yeah, let's do it. We can book that. So All Amazing. Things Therapy is my podcast. And okay. yes. Amazing. And I love that you include everybody who wants to to be there in that part of your morning routine and, and intention setting and getting aligned with energy. I, lo- I love that you make that something that other people can join you in. Thank you. And, you know, I was feeling some doubt about that like a couple weeks ago, and this might make me cry, but my friend, a friend reached out that I don't talk to all that often. And she's her daughter, who's like four years old. And she was like, Lisa, she's like, Kapar is meditating with you. Like I, I noticed she was quiet. And as your video was on Instagram, she had her eyes closed and she was sitting like you were. And I burst into tears because it's like, like I'm the meditation lady to her. And yeah. I saw her yesterday at my friend's pool party. And um, and it was just maybe I was like, okay, universe, yes, yes, yes. Like this matters. So whatever you're doing, I feel like that's also for someone else. If you wonder if it matters, yes, it does. You know, ask for that confirmation, ask to know so you can have energy to do it. But it just was yeah. so beautiful that this little girl is learning to meditate from this video that I'm doing. And it's like, wow, that made me just so happy. I feel oh so grateful. Gosh. Yeah, that would make me cry too. It, yeah. it actually makes me think of a little a quick, quick little story. I when I was living in LA, actually, I was oh, cool. having um, a, just like a heavy day. I don't even remember what it was about, but I know I was like deep in my emotions and took my headphones to put in music and went to this part of the beach where I like to practice yoga and was just kind of like stretching, flowing, doing my own thing. And after a while, I looked up and noticed that there was this little girl off on the other side of the grass, just mimicking everything that I was doing. She was probably like six or seven years old, just copying my movements. And I started crying because I was like, oh "Oh my God, you just don't know. Like when what you're doing makes an impact. That's beautiful. Yes. One of those moments where you're like. big stuff. Yeah. We're doing more than we know we are. Like, Like I'm convinced of that. Yeah. And that's what I think what being human is all about. It's just like being in your heart and and sharing from that place. 100%. Yeah. Uh, Well, okay. One last question. I love to ask everybody who comes on the show. You've already given, given so many great examples. And I think when you alluded to like it being the inner work, that's probably the best answer, but is there one wellness practice could be mental, emotional, spiritual wellness that you kind of can't live without one of your staples or just something you've been loving in your routine lately? Absolutely. It would definitely be meditation. And even Megan, if it's like, even if I set my timer for two minutes and close my eyes and just tap in, like, thank you for this day. And I ask for guidance and just taking a moment to feel like this quiet stillness. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest tool. It's changed my life and continues to. Mm -hmm. Just take a few minutes. If this is new for you, excuse me. I started with YouTube guided meditations. I still use them. They're amazing. YouTube guided meditations, you know, so you can do that or set a timer for a few minutes in silence. But that's that's the one core practice. Yeah. I love that you made it so accessible too. Like meditation doesn't have to be an hour long every day. No. Like two, two minutes is right. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much you're for welcome. everything you've shared. Thank you for your book and, and the work you're doing. I'm, I'm so glad that we connected and I just Me really appreciate too. you. I appreciate you too, Megan. Thank you.
Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.